You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And welcome to another episode of Honest AF Show with me, Daniela Clark. And me, Barbara Ann Wild. Hello, Daniela. Hello, Barbara Ann. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a really cool episode because we have one of my friends visiting today. Her name is Colleen O'Brien. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you. I'm Thanks so, for coming to visit. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you. So this is actually really funny because... I met Colleen because, is this okay to say? Yeah, story? yeah for okay. sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, this yes. is already intriguing. <laughs> so I met Colleen because Colleen was dating one of Gilby's friends. Oh, okay. So their relationship didn't last, but ours did. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the bonus friend. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, uh, I clicked with Colleen and we've just kind of kept in touch and Colleen listens to us, is a total beauty junkie just like us. Yes. And sounds like is it. in the same uh-huh. uh, stature as us. So Colleen, <laughs> you don't, you, I don't know if you know I this. I do. Oh, I'm, I'm a fan. I oh, know okay, so you know what that means. <laughs> yes, so. <laughs> yes we, we changed it. We're, we no longer use the A word. Yeah, we don't yeah. talk about age. <laughs> talk about stature. Perfect. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to have Colleen Join us for a girly chat. Colleen, tell everybody what it is that you do. And by the way, Colleen is like, you know, like all of my friends. Fucking stunning. I mean, honestly, I have to say something like, (laughs) (laughs) your friends, you have like this wealth of people that you know that are not only are they like super creative and interesting and all different walks of life, but they're all so easy on the eyes and so beautiful. It's like, it's just... It's just lovely to be around you. It's just great. <laughs> well, the one thing and you share, which I do share yes, the wealth of the beauty around me. But that's the one thing. It's like I've always been a great appreciator of beauty. Absolutely, <laughs> like beautiful you clothes, have. beautiful shoes, beautiful places. Uh, I gotta beautiful find food, out where your people. Venus is. You've got Venus somewhere. Is seriously. Probably, aspected right? in your chart. Yeah, I don't know. Barb's all into that I stuff. Know. Are you oh, into it? <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm not that into it. So I was on Clubhouse and a girl offered to like slide into my DMs and, and I'll read your chart to send me. Oh, wow. And so she sent me everything. Was her name Jennifer? I don't remember. She's okay. in New York. She's young. And I feel like her Jen's handle's like girl. New York Fitty. I'm going to oh, promote cool. her right now. But she did my chart for me and sent it to me because I'd never known. Uh-huh. But I'm Scorpio. But I have got like I seven Scorpios. November first. I'm the eighth. Okay. I, yeah. I love Scorpios. I love okay. Scorpios, and every time I Barb claims clearly Daniela does the best too. In bed. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how else. I don't know how to compare myself. Well, if but you've got Scorpio in that many houses, she's like on your Sex Life movie TV show, <laughs> which, oh, by yeah. the way, which we I need to talk about because of you. By the way, oh like, my and God. I made my it's best friend watch it. It was garbage, but it's so, so bad. But then I'm like, I don't know. I had a headache. It was during my recovery, and she's like, oh, I'm gonna go watch it. I'm like, all right, I won't interrupt. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we. I picked that up from you, too. I get a lot of recommendations from you, ladies. I love it. I don't even have to try to be relevant. I just listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's all handled for me. Thank you. We try. Tell everybody what it is that you do and... 
So quickly, I'll just say that I actually met you, Danielle, and I may have said this to you before. I used to be a clothing buyer for Fred Siegel back That's in the right. 90s, and we met then. Oh, my God. But it looks so familiar to me. I used to... Do you remember in the 90s when the baseball caps with the flowers were like... Oh, the my thing? gosh, yes. That was yeah. me. Oh, okay. I probably met with you at, when you were a buyer because oh, yeah. you look so familiar oh, to me. That's so funny. Oh, wow. That would be so I've had so, so many lives and careers. It's like me I've too. run into people, and it's like, was it... The, Commercial. I did commercials for ten years, and then I did buying for ten. So yeah, I've been all over the map with when, my when careers. When you worked as a buyer for Fred Siegel, was it the the Santa Milan Monica? Ones? Oh, Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah, then right. that wouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, so no. I definitely met you because oh, I was yeah. in lots of meetings on those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I also had a store up in the Beverly Glen Center called Yellow Dog. Oh, I knew Yellow Dog. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I was a buyer for Yellow Dog. It was there for a long time. It only just recently closed, like right before COVID. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. She shut finally. Yeah. The woman I worked for. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. How funny. Isn't it funny? Yeah. 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 I used to sell a lot of Frankie B's to um, Yes. I used to wear a lot of Frankie B's. Yeah. Like yeah. The I used to get decade. them there. Yeah. 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 That was the 90s. And what I'm doing now is what I actually went to my undergrad for, which is psychology. I got a degree in psychology when I got out of high school and I had planned to go to grad school. And then I was making too much money as a commercial actress and put it on the back burner. And now I'm back to that. So I am currently a psychotherapist. I work in recovery part-time and I also am a ketamine assisted psychotherapist, which means I don't administer because I'm not a physician, but I provide therapy or therapeutic support for people who use or who have ketamine. So it's the only legal psychedelic right now. Um, in California. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I've been hearing yeah. so much about it. I'm it's so wonderful. I am such a fan. I am such an advocate for a, a lot of different psychedelic. Um, I don't know anything about it. So tell oh, really? me. Fill me in. <laughs> okay, so ketamine. Ketamine was discovered in the 60s. And like, don't like fact check me if you want, because I've had to regurgitate this so many times. I may get some things wrong. But Basically, it was discovered in the 60s as an anesthesia, and it's a very safe anesthesia because it doesn't interfere with your respiratory system. So then they started using it on battlefields because soldiers could anesthetize their comrades who'd been injured while they're trying to transport them because a lot of soldiers were dying because they couldn't transport them because they were so injured that they couldn't move them. Mm -hmm. And so this is something they could just inject like an EpiPen into the leg and all the soldiers would have like a little EpiPen, a ketamine, and they would inject and then transport. That was one of the initial uses for it. And then they were also using it for general anesthesia in surgeries. And what they were finding is that people would come out of surgery and they would have visual hallucinations and very like psychedelic experiences. And people would get freaked out. Like adults would not be comfortable. They'd wake up in the OR and there'd be a deer next to them. I use ah, that. Right? fun. I know, right? So, th- but it wasn't fun for some. So they <laughs> said, all right, well, we're going to start using it for pediatrics because kids, reality, fantasy, super blurry, right? So kids are okay with that. And then animals. So they used it for veterinary anesthesia because we don't really know what, and they probably wouldn't mind a deer in the OR. (laughs) So, and then it got this sort of urban legend, you know, that it was a horse tranquilizer, which it's not a horse tranquilizer. It is used in veterinary anesthesia because, again, of these hallucinations. Is it still being used current day? Yes, and it's still actually being used for adult humans as well. It's just one of those that, and again, it's very, very, very safe. So somehow in 
the midst of being used as an anesthesia, they discovered that people were coming out of their surgeries with alleviated depression. And so then they, this was happening. Also pain, like fibromyalgia kind of pain. Oh, wow. Like migraine kind of pain. Uh-huh. People were experiencing great improvement. So then they started doing research. And then they've been doing research for a really long time. And they've determined that it does. It is very effective in treating depression. Really wow, effective. Wow, that's so interesting. And you said only depression is it good for anxiety as well? My experience with clients is that I've had it across the board been helpful with depression. And it's not for everyone. Nothing's for everyone. So there are going to be people that don't respond well to it or don't improve well or enough. Um, But but typically it's pretty impressive. Um, Depression, anxiety, and also I've seen it very effective with bipolar disorder, which typically is not treatable. And I have clients who have had decades of struggles with psychopharmacology. And the great other thing about ketamine, which is different than, say, MDMA, um, which is still in trials and hopefully will be legal as a therapeutic aid in the next couple of years. I'm trying to get into that trial because I think it's extraordinary. But anyhow, tangent. So the great thing about ketamine specifically is that it doesn't interfere with any other psychopharm. So you can be on an SSRI, which is a, an antidepressant. You can be on anti-anxiety meds. You can be on a host of other pharmaceuticals and it, you can still have ketamine. Whereas with MDMA, because it's a serotonin and there's like too much interference with other drugs that affect your neurotransmitters. I could get into the science and go geeky, but it's not important really. But because ketamine is a GABA mm-hmm. substance, neurotransmitter. It, it, yeah, as opposed to serotonin and dopamine, it, it does interfere. So you have depression, you're, you don't have to go off your meds in order to get ketamine therapy, which has been really helpful for people who are really, really struggling with treatment resistant, decades, tried everything therapy and, and then for I'm depression. assuming like at this point they've like figured out the dosage so you're not getting crazy hallucinogenics and well no you still are <laughs> you have to have it as an IV so I have a lot of experience because it was so funny it was during COVID when I was asked if I would be a ketamine therapist for someone and I said yeah I mean I have a fair amount of knowledge but then I needed to get become an expert and it's like the beginning of lockdown. It's last March. Uh-huh. And so I got in touch with a psychiatrist who's pretty famous in the field. And he basically directed me on this course of study to learn everything about ketamine. And then he says to me, and I, you need to do a series. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I've just been given a prescription to have ketamine therapy because I, I could say, oh, yeah, like I have depression. I have anxiety. It's, you know, it's like I'm a girl. I'm yeah. 54 and I, this is, you know, yeah. it's life, right? You yeah. just have that days in and days out. And so I was so excited because I don't think I would have pursued it as a patient because I don't feel like I had something that was really disabling. But when he gave me the prescription and I got to do it, I was super excited. So I did <laughs> the IV. It's funny that you were excited because I would have been nervous thinking, oh, if it's a hallucinogenic, what if you have like a bad trip? Well, that's the thing. During my course of study, I read every single book Mm -hmm. on psychedelics. And Aldous Huxley in, oh my gosh, which book was it? I can't remember. But a quote from Aldous Huxley, which is very loose 
don't quote me on the quote, but basically what he says is, if you're in a trip and there's a bear, don't run from the bear. Turn to the bear. Or he goes, don't run from the bear. He goes, turn to the monster and say, monster, what are you here to teach me? Mm. And that's the thing that I've really learned about psychedelics and this type of work is that all journeys end. Mm -hmm. All journeys, even if it's a long journey, even if it's a hard journey, even if it's a terrifying journey. And so that's where I come in as a therapist. Again, I don't administer. I can't control what happens once it enters your bloodstream in your brain. But what I can do is I can prepare you. And so it's, you know, it's called set and setting. It's like, how do you, how do you prepare a patient for this experience? Again, one of the things that's very reassuring and comforting is when you say all journeys end, like no matter how awful it is, you will come and you will be back here in this room and everything will be well again if Mm -hmm. it's not. And that alone, I think, helps people to let go because the more that you let go, if you fight your experience, then it could be more difficult than if you go with the experience. And so I initially started with IV because that was so, to me... Do they take this on a daily basis, or is it just like a one-time administer? there's a bunch of different things that are going on in that whole field right now. And, like, Johnson & Johnson has a product called Spravato, which is a nasal. And what's happening is, like, people are taking it home. Because it's very cost-prohibitive. Because you need an MD, Mm -hmm. you need a therapist, and you need hours, for each session and that's expensive mm-hmm. and most people can't afford that and insurance is like so far from covering it so oh, it's not an yeah. option so there are lots of different ways to administer that don't include all of that support and all of that expense and so uh, and I think as effective because I did go to an anesthesiologist who has a clinic and that's who I did it with And interestingly, the psychiatrist who was sort of my mentor and guided me through my education kept saying, why is she not giving you what to give give her more, 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 you know, because I'd say, well, I had this and I had that. And I explain it to him and say, "Mm -mm, you need more. How much is she giving you? So typically what they do is the IV infusions, they start with a half a milligram per kilo of body weight. And I'm around 50 kilos. So I was getting not very much. I was getting 25. But it's a lot of interesting things. So it's like method of delivery is really important because you've got the IV. It's like in your bloodstream within seconds, right? And it's in there. And then you p- turn off the IV or pull out the needle and it's out of your bloodstream. And it's, but it's not what is called a bolus. <laughs> Such a weird word. A bolus is when they just punch you with all the milligrams at the same time. Right. This is a drip that takes 40 minutes. And so for 40 minutes, I'm getting 25 milligrams, which is like, eh. In the scheme of things, I then went to a big training with the, what do we call him? The emperor of ketamine, a guy named Phil Wolfson, who is the emperor of ketamine and um, with a bunch of other practitioners. And they, we each had two journeys, one uh, with a lozenge and one with IM, which is just an injection into your muscle. And they dose you based on sensitivity. So you said they figured out the dosing. So basically the dosing starts with a half a milligram. Again, I could go on. This is like a rabbit hole big time. I don't know if you want to keep going, but, but long right, story short is I died and came back. I went to the matrix. I had ego dissolution, which is one of the main goals of this type of work okay. is to really separate from your ego as a physical 
being on this planet. And I did. I was a speck. I was a tiny little part of an entire universe. And one of the mantras that I repeated was everything is everything, nothing is nothing. And I just kept saying this. And I'm in this matrix and I am literally, it's all pixelated and it's just like, (laughs) and I am part of this piece of dust on a, you know, it's like it changes your perspective and it's just, it's incredible. But once you're off of it, you still have lasting effect. It integrates integrates well, but that again is where the therapy part comes in. Mm -hmm. It is... I mean, again, these people who had surgery and experienced these symptom relief just from having surgery, they weren't given any set, any setting, any therapeutic support at all. And they still had alleviated symptoms of depression or pain. So it does do some work on its own. The substance Mm -hmm. does provide you with some. That's anecdotal. Like it's just stories like, oh, yeah, I felt better after the surgery. But it's there's no research on people just giving them substance without support. The research is all with support services. And you you counsel people before you said, but do you also counsel them after? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it. And it's. And so back to your original question that sent me into that rabbit hole. It's a series typically. And so, you know, it's different for everyone, but they'll do like two a week for three weeks And then they'll kind of see where you land. Everyone's different. Some people, it's one series and you're done and you go off into the sunset and you're like never looking back. Some people, six months later, they're like, I feel the, I call it the wet black velvet Mm -hmm. curtain, like dropping. And they're like, ah, and they're like back in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and they give them one session. They wait like a few days. Where are you now? And so then you kind of figure out what your dosing in this case what kind of booster do you need over time and like I have a client who needs a booster every six weeks this is someone who struggled with mental health literally for 35 years so like everything you can imagine that that would entail the hallucination part of it is it only while you're receiving the medication or does that last afterwards Oh, yeah, that's gone. And it's not so much a hallucination. I did have images. Like, I had this image of myself as a little girl. And it's been the cornerstone of my own therapeutic work with my therapist, Mm -hmm. who's not, like, technically a ketamine therapist, but he's a very experienced clinician. And so I've been able to kind of explain to him, and he's a smart guy, and he's, he knows what's going on. And then we do the work together because the therapy is the therapy is the therapy. And so what will happen is that like, you'll make these discoveries or experience some epiphany, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. during the session. And you'll come back and you'll talk about it. And that's where you sort of drill down in the therapy, which is not altered. You're not altered during your actual therapy sessions. You are, you know, it's like I am right this minute. So you remember it. You do remember a lot of it. If you get too much, you will not re- bring as much back. So that there's like a delicate balance. It's not dangerous, ah. to, but you want to bring it back. That's the point right. is that you can bring it into this life because this is where we live. And this is where we want the help and we want all of that relief and all those discoveries and, and all of that. Is this to similar happen. to like ayahuasca? No. Ayahuasca. Oh, ayahuasca. Yeah. Well, it's similar in that it's medicine. You know, mm-hmm. the, the field is most people who are in the field 
just believe in plant medicine and even if it's synthetic, it's still medicine and it's, it's a conduit to growth and Mm -hmm. healing and, and it's, so it fits in that larger family, but it's not the same. It's a plant and it's a much more, I don't want to use the word violent, but it's a much more physically draining experience. And I have not done it. I have a lot of friends and a lot of fellow practitioners who have done it and who also will go down to South America and run. Yeah. Like I have a yeah, fellow everyone, academy the therapist South who mm. goes, he has a camp in Costa Rica and yeah. he does it all the time. He is an ayahuasca guide yeah. or shaman, um, yeah. also academy therapist legitimately in this country, in the state of California. And so, you know, you, there's different... Places you can do different substances legally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Typically, again, ketamine's the only legal psychedelic Mm -hmm. in the state of California. Is the goal to get off of antidepressants? It depends on the person. I think that the antidepressants that we offer pharmaceutically are very ineffective. And they have a lot of side effects. So, yes. I would say, Mm -hmm. personally, my opinion is that would be a goal because they don't work. And they have side effects. Yeah. The side effects are horrific. And yeah. it's, and it, you know, that's why there's so little compliance with so many mental disorders is because people who have bipolar love their mania. I mean, who doesn't love mania? Just get stuff done. You're enthusiastic. You're excited. You, but I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's pathology in, in someone who has bipolar, but they enjoy that. And then, they take the, the drugs for bipolar and it shuts them down as right. people. It just like dulls their lives and they don't like it and it, they gain weight and they have a lot of other mm-hmm. like organ. And it, sexual dysfunction. Sexual and, dysfunction's yeah. huge with uh, most antidepressants. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And also most of these disorders are trauma-based, right? So what ketamine does or MDMA or ayahuasca is it gets you to the trauma. Uh-huh. That's the work. It helps is you the trauma. With, yeah. It's not about, and, and what we do in this country typically with our antidepressants and pharma is we treat symptoms. Mm-hmm. We don't treat the trauma. These psychedelics treat the trauma. So then you don't need, and right. that's not to say there's not a lot of chemical basis for illness also, but even in those cases, there's been some resolution in a lot of things that it hasn't necessarily been promoted for. Why do you think it's not getting like the adequate? Because big because pharma big doesn't pharmacy. want you to stop paying yeah. millions and millions of dollars of or billions of dollars for their drugs. Yes, that's yeah. a big one. And also yeah. the DEA and how it was established in this country is a horror story. Mm. It is unconscionable what our government did to people and there's still that culture of shame with addiction and Mm -hmm. again I work in addiction also and I work in the system but I don't necessarily buy into the system I again addiction's not about addiction it's about trauma it's about sadness yeah it's about feelings that are too much yeah escapism they they have to hide them or fix them or cover them up get away from them because they're too difficult to experience and that's not what we treat in Mm -hmm. recovery we treat habits and it's important too and i you know try and 
But again, if you look at the history of the DEA in this country and how we have seen, you know, the war on drugs, um, like, you know, yeah. they found they did a study in the schools that had dare in their um, as a program, and the schools had a higher rate of addiction and really? overdose and everything else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that whole era of like the war on drugs. What is it? I saw this funny meme. I'm addicted to memes. Speaking of addictions, <laughs> um, I said like the war on drugs. Drugs are winning. And it's true, mm -hmm. and it's funny, but it's not funny mm -hmm. because we're mm -hmm. just shaming people and locking them up. It's like, mm -hmm. personally, I believe in complete decriminalization of all drugs and complete I, I'm legalization. With you, to be honest with you, and and in other parts of the world, they've done these programs yeah. where people are given clean doses, therapeutic support if they yeah. want it, jobs in some places where the government will pay. They're putting money; they can't count the money fast enough at how much they're saving in this field and there was one statistic with heroin i think it was in portugal where 80 percent of the people who they gave this program to or provided this for weaned themselves off of heroin 80 percent and 20 percent were lifelong heroin users they went and got their regular dose it was safe safe needles a nurse was present and they did their heroin they didn't have to steal they didn't have to do things that they didn't want to do in order to get their drugs. They weren't dying from ODs because there was right. fentanyl in it. There yeah. was, but are we doing that? No. I mean, it's crazy to me. But anyway, I could go on obviously about this <laughs> forever. I have a question. Yeah. Actually, you sparked a question for me because I was just having a conversation with someone I know and they're really struggling with their kid and their kid's addiction problem. Mm-hmm. What do you tell somebody like that? You know, their kid is already an adult and you don't really have that much control over an adult kid. Right. You definitely and, have no control over an addict. And yeah. And yeah. 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 What, what is the best advice? Because I just felt so bad. I mean, the pain that this poor parent is. is going through. Yeah. Yeah. My tagline is, I don't give advice. I'll tell you what I've seen work and what I've seen help. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, but I don't typically, especially sight unseen, I would not say, I, I think this would what I would start with. This would be my advice. Read Chasing the Scream. I have a best friend who has a son who is a heroin addict and mm -hmm. we've struggled. We have struggled with this for decades. You know, he's a grown man. And I gave her this book a couple of years ago. It just changed her perspective on how to love her son and how to see his addiction and to, it humanized him. It had created this awful alienation mm -hmm. of, for her as a mother. And she's such a beautiful, loving human being and a mother. And it just turned her into someone she didn't want to be because she didn't know how else to cope with this sadness and this lack of control and this terrifying fear yeah, that he was going to die child. any yeah. second. Yeah. And I gave her the book and it, it did it. I think that was, that is something I would say to anyone. I, I give it to my clients and it really counters the culture in this country. And so I'm like, well, it's hard to get fired. <laughs> it, it, it's really hard because you're told a lot of the times when it's somebody, you know, or what have you, that is really struggling with addiction is, you know, oh, don't enable them. Cut them off. Let them hit rock bottom. There's things like that that, you, that you've heard time yeah. and time again. Right. But when it's your kid, 
How do you do that? How do you give them tough love? How do you walk away from them and just let them hit rock bottom? How do you completely cut them off financially when you're worried that they're going to end up on the streets? Or dead. Or dead. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such a difficult place to be in when you're dealing with addiction and and a loved one. I mean, I I agree. I agree. And I think that that was what my girlfriend was really struggling with was... She just wanted to do the right thing. She wanted yeah, to be you just effective. Wanna, you want to help. She wanted wanna, to help. You know, and she thought, if, everyone's saying, you are enabling him. And yeah. eh, eh, you know. And she's like, oh, that doesn't feel right. As a mother, yeah. you have a child. It's never take, you know, it's your child. Yeah. And so for her, she tried that. And she's like, I can't. No. I can't. And I said, don't. Don't, it's not about everyone else's opinions. That's why I don't give advice. It's not, you're your expert. You're living it. You're waking up with it, going to sleep with it. Mm-hmm. And when she, when she read the book, she kind of took a 180. Well, she d- had taken a 180 because she said to me, I can't do that. I mean, I know everybody's different and everybody everyone has, has to do what works for them. But yeah. she, this really supported her in supporting him. Mm-hmm. And seeing it from his perspective and understanding him and not just labeling him as an addict. Mm-hmm. And again, it humanized the situation for her again because that had been lost in all of the severe, serious trauma that they all went through with yeah. his addiction. Yeah. So I recommend Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari. Johan Hari is one of two mentors in this field that I follow. The other is Gabor Mate. And they are, in my opinion, the pioneers of trying to see it differently mm-hmm. and trying to do this differently and heal people and heal trauma instead of just locking them up and beating them into submission, which doesn't work. Mm-hmm. first second it's it's unkind at best I mean yeah. speaking firsthand I would say what helped me particularly was getting counseling for myself and yeah Sharon Osborne gave me amazing advice she said you can love him from an, a distance and that was more healing for me than anything because I didn't have to turn my back on this person that I loved, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to enable them. And there, there are things that you're enabling someone that you don't even realize you're enabling right. them. Just right. listening to them rant and rave, you're, li- you're enabling them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from my experience, I do not believe there is any magic, anything. The mm-hmm. person has to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to decide they're done. Right. And right. they have to decide that they're going to do the work to get better right. and to either yeah. explore the trauma, to go past it so that they could come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. But there is nothing anyone can say. There is mm-hmm. nothing anyone can do. They have to do. And if Zach were sitting here right now and we asked him, like, he's going to be sober 12 years in the end of August, he would say it wasn't anything anyone said. It wasn't anything anyone did. I had to decide I was done. You're right. And that's the only way it works. Yeah. I could have right. sent him to 3,000 rehabs. Save your money. It's mm-hmm. just not, I, I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that as a partner or a parent or a friend that 
just like the loving someone, like you can love someone and still have boundaries. And that's what I always recommend without giving advice is, you know, you just find what works for you as a parent, as a partner. And, um, you know, having a boundary will be helpful. Like you having a boundary, as much as he says it wasn't anything you did, I'm going to say that I think that you loving him from a distance and making boundaries as far as what enabling look like for you as much as it may not have been obvious cause and effect, I think it provided an environment where he could figure out when he was done. And that's what I think we can do as loved ones is provide an environment where they Mm. can get to what they need and want. If we are bombarding them with tough love or enabling them too much, then they're not given the space and the emptiness to discover what it is they want. And it may be sobriety and it may not be sobriety, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that's, uh, I think it's important. It's imperative that you have that place where you can figure out on your own without someone else telling you what you need to do and when and Mm -hmm. why. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So tough. That's yeah, it is. It's It's heartbreaking. It is. It's heartbreaking. Especially when you're dealing with kids. All the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I don't take it personally, but I still am sad. Yeah. You know, it makes me hurt and makes me sad because there are a lot, most of the time in my practice, they're children mm-hmm. and they get taken away and they're yeah. in foster care. And it just starts, the cycle repeats it because yeah. it is like, it's such a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. So it is awful. Yeah. It's, it's very hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's really it's, hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I really felt for my friend. Yeah. It's just like, that's Oh the, God, yeah, that's it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Switching wow. Major gears. <laughs> Let's talk about major something gears. like really Sometimes fun. we need to talk about things that are real. Yeah. <laughs> hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, and it's not easy, especially during these times people are, you know, suffering mm. so bad with depression and trying to check out and overdoses you know, or yeah. Way up. Yeah. 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 This year. It's scary mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Um, and depressing times. Yeah. You know, at the end of this, we'll discuss how people can get a hold of you. Yeah. And, yeah. Great. You know, ask you questions. The ketamine therapy is so intriguing to me because I do know a lot of people that have been dealing with depression from back when Prozac was first a thing right. that it no longer works for them anymore. Right. You're, there's and that then they've too. gone through so many different types of things and they just never get that feeling of that first relief. And a couple of those people have gone into ketamine therapy and they've said that it was like that same feeling from when they first went on Prozac where they first, like you were saying, that blanket, they, sure. it was the first sign that that could be lifted. Right. And yeah. they're starting to feel that again. And mm-hmm. I think it's really promising and exciting because there's been nothing new for, you know, since yeah. the early 80s. Right. Exactly. And I, and I do believe because it's not, it's not new. Ketamine isn't new. So we do have a lot of data and data is saying that it lasts. We don't have the same effect that people have when they're on an antidepressant and it loses its effectiveness over time. And so that's so exciting. That's really, it's super exciting, especially because the the pharmaceuticals, the side effects are, like you were saying, that's what makes it so challenging for people. Mm -hmm. So hard for people to stay on their meds, right? Right. It's like, hmm. And they haven't figured out a way to test like the chemical imbalance. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like they could say, oh, you need this amount of dopamine. So we're going to give you this. It's like all trial and error. It's all. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, okay, so <laughs> now to the now this to the beauty. Weird now to the beauty. This is a really weird gear shift. Weird so segue. Bear with me here, but this is the real reason why I had Colleen come visit us to talk to us. Does Don't she have some me. magic potion other than ketamine? Don't judge me for my shallowness, <laughs> but just realize that a lot of my friends are multifaceted. <laughs> so. Colleen and I, we actually have never really discussed in depth what you do um, for a living because all we ever do is discuss beauty and uh, anti-aging things, much like how you and I uh, talk, Barb. And Colleen just recently, because Colleen knows I get upset all the time about my neck and I go on about, you know, the neck aging and the lower jaw aging and all that, which drives me crazy. And a lot of other people crazy, hopefully not when they're looking at me, but on their own problems. <laughs> so Colleen told me that she just recently, like what, like a week ago, two weeks ago, 10 days, had a procedure done for her neck. And she sent me pictures. And when I saw the pictures, I was so hopeful. (laughs) I was so hopeful because it was unbelievable. The results are unreal. So I invited Colleen to come on and talk to us about it so that maybe our listeners could share in what I learned. First of all, let's talk about like what, what led you to that decision? Like, how did you decide finally, okay, that's enough because I'm scared to slice and dice. Like for me right now, I'm like good with injectables. I'm good with, you know, Botox. Maybe if, if, if I need a little filler, I would be okay with that too. Good with lasers, but I'm scared of slicing and dicing. I'm not quite there yet, but definitely after seeing your results, I'm feeling a lot better about it. Yeah, it was, I, you know, I sort of tried to like reconstruct the path of my neck. I'm calling it my trinectary. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Because I have been all over my neck for, since 2015. And I have photos. I started with a vampire facial Uh and I only did my neck because I was fine Mm -hmm. with my face. Like I'm sure it could have used it, but I did quite frankly, couldn't afford the downtime, but I just went after my neck. I did a bunch of those. And then I did something called skin tight. And then I did something else that made me look like a Frankenstein with these little stamp marks. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was intense and painful and pretty expensive. Like Is that with the little, that little pen thing that they do? Yeah, like it little was dots? Like, yeah, it was like some sort of, oh my God, I wish, yeah, dots. But yeah. it was like, in a, I have pictures and you can see the patterns. It's a trip. I did that. And that was like 2017 or 18 or 19. I don't know. And so then I, I've had the same Botox injector for like 25 years. I love him. His name's Rand Rusher. Plug, plug. <laughs> um, I love him so much. Anyhow, I've been complaining to him about my neck for literally yeah. five years. And he's like, rolls his eyes at me. I'm like, is there anything? And I'm looking at things. And I was going to fly to London and get this stuff called Profilo because they won't do it in this country because... I mean, I was like literally losing my shit over my neck because it drove me crazy. And that's all yeah. I saw. Yeah. So we do. I, we do that, though. We find a spot and we hyper focus on it. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like for me, it was yeah. always like my under eyes, my under eyes, my under eyes, my under eyes, which is where I always like it's rare that I'll take a photo without my sunglasses on because <laughs> I can't stand the way my under eyes look. But now I'm starting to obsess over my neck, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's, it's always shifting. been my neck. I'm starting to not care about yeah. my under eyes anymore. <laughs> like, you, have you have a bigger problem. Yeah. That's hysterical. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, but it literally drove me crazy. And then I was wearing scarves all the time, and I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. So I say to Rand one day, I'm in there, I'm like, Rand, I think I'm ready to have a neck lift. And this is about a year and a half ago. And he's like, ugh, okay, hold on. I'm going to grab my surgeon to bring in. And he's doing this thing called profound. So then he brings the surgeon and the surgeon's like, well, you know, you always get a better result, the more downtime and the more expense and the more, you know, sacrifice, trauma, et cetera, better result, more pain, more gain. Yeah. So he's convinces me to do the profound. And I did that last April. Mm-hmm. Like right when they opened up the doctor's offices for three minutes. I oh, was yeah. Like that's in there. Right, remember. And I did profound, which is takes a year. It's I'm going to say profound is very effective. It isn't enough. Maybe for 40, it would be great. It'd be you know, enough. that's a key point that you just brought up because I say that all the time. I think that you get to a certain point where topical things just don't work anymore. Right. You know, like even the laser, right. and I know it's supposed to go deeper. It just doesn't work anymore when enough. you get to a certain point. It yeah. doesn't work enough. Like exactly. I see a difference. Yeah. And the thing about the profound again is it takes a year to fully realize the benefit. And right. I'm like, a year later, I'm a year older. Like, wait right. a minute. Like, this is not <laughs> so funny. So basically, I stopped the clock, but I wasn't happy. That's why I started doing procedures. So like, even if I haven't aged in five years, I still didn't like it five years ago. So right. we're back to square one. So basically, so, you get, you have to wait a year. So I've waited five to years like to look when you got the it done. Same. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, wait. And it's expensive. Yeah. I spent over the years at least $10,000 yeah. on my neck. Yeah. Just my neck. So finally, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. And so I went to the mm-hmm. doctor who did the profound, and mm-hmm. I had a neck lift. And I learned a lot of things. One is I said to him a while back after I'd sort of made the plan to do it, I said, you know there's this thing called confirmation bias, which is when you make a decision, then all of a sudden you see all these things that support your decision. Mm. And the same is true with like, I'm going to get a BMW and all of a sudden you see BMWs everywhere. Right. And it's like this, it's this awareness. You're sensitive. And so I thought since I decided I was getting a neck lift, that's all anyone ever talked about. So I asked him, I said, so what's going on? Like, are people really just talking like about neck lifts? Like I've never even heard of a neck lift until I became obsessed with a neck lift. I was a little kid. I knew what a facelift was, Yeah, but I didn't, who knew? And he said, well, it's kind of a rebranding. It is a lower facelift is what it is. I was you just going to say that's what they, the neck I've without, heard of that before. He's like, you can't move the neck skin without moving some of the face because you'll get creases. And so he calls it chasing the crease, which is so funny. Anything that's funny. So basically, if you pull the skin on the neck, like it kind of makes a little fold. And so then you have to find a place to put the fold and you have to move that skin out of the way because that fold. And so you're kind of chasing the crease. Right. And so you have this like crazy incisions that really don't seem to be anywhere near your neck, but they are supporting this pulling of the neck skin. Right. So you have to pull the jaw a little. Now you can do a full on, like a facelift is like the whole face, right? They just take it off and like pull it back or I'm not sure exactly, but, and then there's a lower face, which is like from the cheekbones down and it includes all these muscles here. And then there's like a mini lower, which is like a neck lift 
with like a little Joe. I almost like I feel like he like went like this like just like a little twist like nothing's pulled like my mouth no. is the same like nothing but like there's skin and so like I noticed when I came out I'm like oh my god my jaw look at my jaw and he's like I'm like is it swollen he goes no 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 you just haven't seen it for a while <laughs> how rude no he didn't say that exactly it was something like this no no that was just always there and I'm just like and I wouldn't have said ever that I had jowls like that was uh-huh. not I did not want a facelift I yeah. wanted this skin to not be creepy that's yeah. it it wasn't even like I had any bags under my chin yeah. I didn't have any like looseness no, I just you had crepey only yeah. crepe that can't be remedied except yeah. by pulling it really tight so anyhow so that's what we did and I'm thrilled I, I have um, to say, it's been 10 days since you've had it done. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, she looks incredible. Yeah. I'm, and I looked presentable like four days later. He took the drains out the next day. And then, I know. I'm sorry. I know. It's so gross. What was the pain level like? The pain is not intense, but it's dull and consistent. Like, I still have pain. In fact, I was talking to my therapist this morning, and Do you remember that YouTube video with the, like, I don't remember if it was the guy or the girl who has like a nail in their head and they're like, I have a headache, I have a headache. And their partner's like, well, there's a, trying to tell them like there's a nail in their head. And they're like, you don't even listen to me. Yeah, I just want someone to listen to me. And they're like, but uh, there's a nail. And if you just took it, I feel like that. I feel like there's a nail in my head. And when they take these staples out, at the back of my head, I know it's got to have like cranial sacral energetic like trauma going on yeah. in my head because there's like this heaviness. So you're and feeling this, the staples in the back of your. I just feel pressure, pressure. and I stopped taking. I'm not a big. I don't like being zoned out, so I stopped taking like the actual major painkillers like three days in, and then I haven't even taken a Tylenol for oh like really five days. Wow. Yeah, because I just like, I want to monitor too, because I'm very like, I want to know. And it's not excruciating or disabling. It's not preventing me from doing anything. It's just, I feel it. I Are feel you like, able to sleep with staples in the back of your head? <laughs> yes, I know, right? It sounds awful. I am. How did you sleep like the first night? Do you have to sitting sleep up. Like, sitting I sat up. up for about a week. Yeah. And I had a big headgear. Did I send you the picture yes, of the headgear? I look like a wrestler. Me. Yes. And that's compression because what happens is they, they pull the skin away and then yeah. they move it, right? So you, the skin has to reattach to the muscle and has to grow back. And so, so, so you to wanted to grow it. back yeah. like against it, not away from it or like in the wrong spot, you know? I mean, it's so taut that it's chances are it's not going to grow back loose, but but they do have this compression. They have this foam that prevents bruising. And I have a friend who's a plastic surgeon, and they said they use the foam for everything. And then they had these photos on the foam packaging that had, like, with the foam and without the foam. And I don't know what the mechanism or what the reason is that the foam prevents the bruising, but mm-hmm. I don't have any. I have one little yellow dot right here, and that's it. I haven't put a stitch of makeup on anything. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you look really good. I think he did a really incredible he job did. because you look natural. That one of the things that scares me is with the slicing and dicing right. is that people start to look really crazy Cold. and weird. Yeah. Well, you still look like yourself. You I don't do look crazy and weird. Like I don't even know if anyone would ever even notice. Yeah. Like I do look the same. Like I have yeah. photos. I document everything and yeah. I look the same. Yeah. It's just not it's just like a little smoother. Yeah. You know, like yeah. my jawline's a little smoother. And of course this is like yeah. Night and day. Now, smoother. do you um, do you uh, ever look at? Have you you heard of the beauty broker, right? 
I don't think so. On Instagram, have you, oh, okay. Barb, you know yeah, the beauty broker, absolutely. right? She's yeah, so amazing. She, she's amazing. She gives like advice on different doctors right. and different procedures right. and stuff like that. Well, she's kind of like a headhunter for plastics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. She's amazing. Right. Um, but there's also, there's this doctor, uh, Dr. Giacano out of um, New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my like, esthetician is big into him. Yeah, I'm obsessed with him. So he's I the best in he New York. He's incredible. But he charges, he starts with like 75000 There's two guys in San Diego that I think put him to, I've sent you, I think there's a couple that are yeah. a little, but Dr. But Benetai the is The bottom line incredible. is they're so expensive. Right. So, it's a down payment but, but, on a house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, $75,000 to $100,000 to do yeah. just your neck. There's a guy in, L, a guy a in LA like that who I won't name because I've yeah. heard that it's not worth it. Yeah, no, it's and so I much have money. some friends who are like, oh, I'm going to go to so and so because that's who so and so went to, and my esthetician who is, sort of sees everything really close. I know exactly who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, says hack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, you know, I think I know who she's talking about too. You do, do yeah. you do. The thing is, what I was trying to get at is that I know that you did not spend that much. No, no, no. Yeah. So no, I can tell. I can say I went to a doctor in Pasadena who was the doctor who was in practice with Rand, my friend and nurse who does my Botox. Yeah. And he's not in practice with Rand anymore. He was in Beverly Hills and in Pasadena. Now he's just in Pasadena. His name's Doctor Nima, N I M A, and last name is Nagshane, but he goes by Doctor Nima. And his is about 15. Yeah. Now, I had spent a solid amount of money with him on laser, so I know he gave me a little break. Plus, I've sent a lot of people to him. Yeah. So I know that I don't know. So I'm I not going to like start like, quoting his prices. Yeah. That would be something that you would do. But it, yeah. 15, 75, 15, 20, uh, maybe. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's a really beautiful surgeon. Like, he really did a nice job. And Rand, again, injector, Botox, yeah. he says he sees it all up close. Yeah. And he said he really is talented and a very You would do it over again, wouldn't you? Oh my gosh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would have done it a year ago instead of the profound if yeah. I had known. Was there any muscle work involved or is it just yes. skin? Well, there wasn't initially supposed to be, but what happened is he said when he pulled the skin, he said the muscles behind like my ears, he said he felt like the skin was being pulled by the muscle he's like so I decided to not let that happen because then it would not last as long like it would have been fine sometimes you have real extra strong muscles yeah in and he areas. said so I just yeah. tweaked them a little which is maybe why it's a little sore behind my yeah like, it's back probably here. muscle pain he said so he did a little bit of like I guess this right here mm -hmm. but it wasn't initially it was supposed to be skin only and right. no muscles and no bands we didn't cut any bands you just Botox those to get rid of them right which you do anyway yeah and I so, do that yeah yeah so there was some. You look beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really it's happy. Really I really am happy with it. No, it totally yeah. gave me hope. Honestly, I never looked at you and looked at your neck and thought it was horrible mm -hmm. because you know you're you're beautiful and I just you know I I see you as a whole. I don't really look at your neck, and I think we're all a lot harder on sure. ourselves. I was going to say you only look at your own. Yeah, right. you exactly. only look at your own. Yeah. We're all much right. harder on ourselves, yeah. and I and I mean like we're I obsess on certain things. Like no one's noticing. Probably, like no one ever said anything know. to me about my neck. Yeah. It's but, all me. But in my mind, yeah. I feel like when they're talking to me, they're staring at it. Insane. <laughs> like I don't think they're, they're staring, like staring at my at chest. My I think they're staring at my neck. <laughs> yeah. But after seeing your your pictures, your before pictures, right. and then also seeing what you look like now, it is so incredible. It, he did great work. He and did. I love that you don't look any different to me than you did before, which yeah. is such a which good sign. You don't, you don't want right. to look different. You want to look 
like you and you want to look the same, you just want to look fresher. You just want to look right. I don't even want to look 20 or 30 or 40. I just, I just don't want to look freaking chicken skin. Smooth neck. <laughs> or like yeah, Dr. Rivkin says the best version of you. Right. Like yeah, you don't exactly. want to look like, yeah, you know, someone else. Right. Right. Exactly. And you know, I was for a long time and I said this to you, like, I'm not doing, it. I'm not cutting, I'm not cutting. And I thought, you know what, what am I waiting for? Yeah. So I'm 60. Like yeah. why? Yeah. I'm like, this is it. Like, let's just do this and just be done with it. Especially when you're going through so many things, spending so much money. Yeah. And it's a lot of time and effort that goes into all those injectables and lasers and all that stuff. If you've reached a point in your stature, stature it does yeah. not work anymore. Right. You know, it just is not as effective. Right. And if so, it's important, it's like, I don't, I don't think everyone should do it or yeah, it's, I don't it's, have an opinion about anyone's perspective. Yeah. I know there's a big movement against anti, you know, and I'm like, that's fine. That's great. That's why we came yeah. to this country. We're all individuals. You know, exactly. It's a free country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful. And I think it's a great, you know, anyone who will stand for something I think yeah. is that is impressive to me it, you know if you're against what I'm doing Within that's fine reason. you don't don't do it you yeah. know it's like you had that segment about like people didn't like the way you were dressing for your yeah. age you're like don't look at me yeah I'm the same it's like you don't want a necklace <laughs> yeah don't get one yeah. it's fine I don't really care about your neck I just care about <laughs> my neck <laughs> you know it's like okay but people yeah. are super opinionated like you're yeah. buying you're selling out or you're like, yeah. I'm like you're buying whatever. into the bullshit I have daughters I work really hard to my like, keep them is, like yeah. My theory is, is if you, if it makes you feel better, then right. do it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's like, who cares? It's personal. Yeah. And no, I'm really happy about it. And, and I think it, you know, it's, again, it's a personal decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, but and, yeah. And I'm happy it. for you. I'm happy that you're Thanks. happy. And Thanks. it looks great. He yeah. did an amazing job. He so. did. And did how long do they tell you that they believe it's going to last He says like you. five years. And that doesn't mean that it'll be back to nor- like, it'll right. just like hold up. And that yeah. depends. You know, it's one thing I said, oh, I get to throw away all those stupid Instagram neck creams. He goes, no, you still have to take care of your neck. And so I just bought that cream that you guys said oh, from City. Womaness. Yeah. The yes. Womaness oh, neck cream. I just phenomenal. bought it. I'm like, I got to keep, I got to take care of my investment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that stuff so is like, really worth, that stuff is amazing. I'm so excited about it. I still don't think it would have helped before the surgery in my no. case, but no. enough, I should say, but it could, yeah. So like five years and I'm like, great, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, right. it's not exactly. Like, and everyone's I like, are you going to get addicted to plastic surgery? And I'm like, mm, why, why, where, why do we go there? I'm just like, can I just, yeah, bask? just get, you just have a ketamine drip and then you'll exactly. be fine. Have a little you'll ketamine. Get right here and everything's fine. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think, I think it's true. I think the creams and all, all these like different products help, but they just don't help enough, enough once you hit a certain point. Stature. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Bottom line. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. So, Colleen, thank you so much for oh my gosh, thank sharing you. with yes, us. Yes, thank you so much. Our listeners, I appreciate that so much. I was so intrigued when you uh, sent me your pictures. I was like, oh my God, Barb, we have to have Colleen come visit us and talk to us about this. It looks amazing. It does. Yeah. It looks great. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank we'll take you. a picture of thank the three you. of us today yeah. so that people, people can, can see, see my yeah. neck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exciting. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for thank you so uh, much. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that does it for this episode of Honest AF, right, Barb? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, cool. Tell everybody how they can find you or get a hold of you if they have any questions or want to talk to you about anything. Okay, I'm so all over the place and nowhere really well. I'm going to do the whole photo series of my neck issue, like 
forever. Oh, you're documenting I'm it. Docu- so, I'm going to yeah. put it up on, I've got an Instagram called The Modern Age. Awesome. I think it's The Modern Age 1111. And that is just like beauty things, like all of the different CO2 and all the things, mostly neck. And then I've got psychology. I'm like these word combinations. I can't even say it. It took me like years to even <laughs> say psychology, which is sort of my therapy Instagram. And so those are my public Instagrams. How are you spelling that? The psychology. <laughs> psychology. It's P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-L-E-E-N-O-G-Y. That awesome. is just a really bad idea. You know, my aunt used to say, you're psychologizing me. And I thought oh, it was like brilliant. a good idea. But it's so hard to like, people are like, what is it? Like you asked me to spell it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So psychology. So it's my name, obviously, in psychology. But Well, if you have any questions or comments or products that you want us to review or check out, Hit us up on our socials. Honest AF Show is our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. HonestAFShow.com is our website. And until next time. Bye, everybody. See y'all later. Thank you, Bye. Thank you. We um, obviously need to do a disclaimer here. So we want you to know we are not doctors or experts by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> We are just a couple of gals that are looking for magical products, procedures, and experiences. And in our quest, we will share our honest-as-fuck opinions with you. So please make sure before you try anything we talk about that you know your own restrictions and do so at your own risk. Do not blame us for any of your issues. We're just experimenting too.